Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw News Brief. We're going to try to keep it brief today. Larson, what's in the news? So one year ago today, April 15th, WWE released more than 20 in-ring talents, plus several more writers, backstage producers, uh, people who worked in the front office. Releases across the board. Fast forward one year later, and WWE has announced another round of cuts, this time including Mickey James, Kalisto, Tucker, Wesley Blake, Bo Dallas, Chelsea Green, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, and Samoa Joe. This after making record profits in the year 2020. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp is reporting that, quote, John Laurinaitis has been making the calls to talent and citing budget cuts as the reason for the WB releases. Um, I mean... I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, I mean, the, first of all, I mean, we should be surprised by the tone deafness of WWE to do this one year to the day of releasing a bunch of people in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, you know, and then now doing the same thing exactly a year later, not too long after reports of record profits. And, and then, you know, if, 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 you know, John Laurinaitis is calling up talents, telling them they've been cut, uh, citing budget cuts. It's like, it's, you know, it, we all know the WB is swimming in a vast pool of money. I don't know. I mean, and then you got, you got uh, Peyton and Billy who were pretty darn successful as a tag team. The Iconics, they broke them up seemingly with no plan in place, uh, with very little, uh, 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 like pretty unceremoniously. And Billy's been involved of late, but you know, whatever they, they may had planned for Peyton Royce, either that didn't pan out, they didn't follow through. They had her in a tag team with Lacey Evans. Um, you know, there's several instances here of talents who Tucker, they broke up heavy machinery, had him turn on Otis. And he, I think he was on TV once or twice after that. No blow-off match, no continuation of a story that's staring you in the face. And they just drop it. It's like a lot of the names here listed. It, it, I mean, they're all immensely talented performers, and it's, 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 it's a, seemingly across the board. It's creative. 
drop the ball with them. A lot of the people here could be do be wildly successful in WWE and make a lot of money for the company, but seemingly they have nothing for them. Yeah, there's there's three names here that really sort of stand out. I mean, I get the thing is, yeah. like there's there's a couple names that really stand out in terms well, of like, like when I say creative, I should say Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard probably. Well, I don't know. That's what that's that's where the buck stops, you know. I think that like with Samoa Samoa Joe and Billy Kay are the ones that and and I'll I'll be honest Samoa Joe Billy Kay and Chelsea Green stand out as particularly egregious egregious examples. Now I understand that Chelsea Green two times she debuted and and literally on her debut she she was injured, um and and that's awful for her. You and I have uh, seen sort of firsthand just how charismatic she is. Oh yeah, yeah. Um in in a very short period of time since her from her debut in wrestling. She, I think like her, when she was doing some really great work in Impact, it was only a couple of years after she actually started wrestling. It was a very short period of time. Her upside is tremendous. She has mm-hmm. all the potential in the world. Um, it surprised me that they would keep some people on through, you know, either a lack of creative or, um, or you know, injuries and not her. Because I, I think that she could have done quite a bit in mm-hmm. the ring. That surprises me. Billy Kay is a head scratcher. I mean, I, I just don't think you let go of anybody with that kind of charisma. Somebody who every time she's on camera, she steals, you know, the show. Um, mm-hmm. That is very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe is also very surprising, but it's going to be interesting to see what the final story on that is. Um, I mean, I, I, I right before we went on, I looked up. This article from February, I remember we talked about it on News Brief, but I don't remember exactly what the details were. So in terms of his concussion issues, uh, he had an interview with Uprox back in uh, late February mm-hmm. where he said, I think right now, well, I mean, granted, this is, you know, t- yeah, so a little two less, yeah, a little less than two weeks, uh, two months ago. He said, I think right now we've learned a lot medically about concussions and recovery and we're taking the safest and best approach and I appreciate it. WWE medical, they've been great and understanding and wonderful. So I think at this time, we're just taking the best course of action. And obviously some things have been delayed just because of the pandemic and medical availability and liability of being in places and traveling to get evaluations and stuff. So, I mean, there's been some technical holdups as well as of just a very careful approach to my return and recovery. And I appreciate it. And I'm all aboard. You know, I would rather take this time and miss a large uh, considerable amount of time than potentially this getting more serious. It took WWE a lot to talk me down, but after seeing medically what I've seen, I agree with them and we're just taking our time with it and trying to do it right. Now, you never know, you know, not being privy to his uh, medical records. Mm -hmm. um, You never know how much of that might have been towing the company line, you know, saying what what needed to be said. Uh, If we were to take Meta's word here, which I see no reason not to, it's a complicated situation with him. Yes. Um, yes. And and on top of that, his actual release might might be maybe is more complicated than simply a budget cut thing with him. With some of these other names, I would understand that. And to be honest with you, if a company doesn't have something for people creatively like last year was kind of like, man, you're in the middle of a pandemic. You have record profits. You would actually get a lot of goodwill by just keeping these people on. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the practice of mass layoffs is ugly anyways. It's like if you look at if if you look at people on an individual basis around the and I know we're on contract season, maybe all these people have the contracts around the same time, but it's like I don't know. I 
I don't know, do, doing this in waves, it just always garners bad yes. attention. And maybe that doesn't matter. I mean, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe like it's it's like, well, people, people, we the internet cries about it over for two days and then, you know, they stop and, and, and things move on and then we watch the latest takeover, latest pay-per-view, or latest Raw, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I understand that it probably doesn't affect the company all that much to do it. It just looks bad. Um, it does look bad. It does look bad. And uh, But yeah, I mean, I hope to see Joe wrestle again. Uh, yeah. I, you know, like, again, I have no idea what his medical condition is. Even if he can't wrestle, I don't care where I see him. I like to see him, you know, somebody brought up, either in our chat or on Twitter, like the idea of Joe and Taz on commentary in AEW mm-hmm. sounds like a dream scenario. Well, that's um, the thing with, with Joe is is he's proven himself to be an excellent commentator. You think a man of, of his immense knowledge and expertise in the world of professional wrestling would be an asset in any capacity. Yeah. You know, whether it's on commentary, whether it's helping out, uh, you know, producing, teaching at the PC. You know, granted, I don't know what, what if any of that aligns with his own ambitions and, 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 you know, what his medical status is, that's another aspect to consider, but that's the type of guy in some capacity, you will probably want to keep within your company because he's probably an immensely valuable asset regardless of what role he's in. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting when he goes on oral sessions or talk as Jericho or whatever, it'll be interesting to hear his story. Um, you know, dude, you never want to see anybody lose their job. It just absolutely sucks. It does. And, you know, they produce an ungodly amount of TV with apparently more on the horizon. You'd think that they would have, you know, space for these people. But at the end of the day, if, if you're a company and you're like, man, I don't have, I don't have anything for you to do, you know, uh, for guys like, you know, Bo Dallas, who hasn't been on TV since like 2019, um, and I mean, Callisto is kind of crazy too because that guy's immensely talented. I don't know why you couldn't find something to do with him if you're trying to build your cruiserweight division in NXT. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Mickey James is another type, kind of like Samoa Joe, in that you'd think that like backstage yeah. she would be an invaluable she, she resource. She was just doing, uh, she was doing stuff uh, on the announcing side at the last takeover. Yeah, I mean, she fortunately, called the, the, the the kickoff show match on night two. Fortunately, we're in a much better position now in terms of the world of wrestling than we were a year ago when those layoffs happened. And there are a ton more options with a lot more shows opening up with, uh, you know, all these, I mean, a Samoa Joe Twitch channel, a Billy Kay Twitch channel, you know what I mean? Like there are a lot more options now for wrestlers who have built a name for themselves to make money independently um, and still be able to apply their trade. Honestly, if, I don't know if you'd ever want to do this. Samoa Joe should go straight to Hollywood. Like mm-hmm. seriously, that dude could be a movie star. Like I'd, I'd yeah, I know, you know, I know. Well, I'd watch him voice on Netflix. Before, so. Yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, he was the 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 what's the sharks the Sly Stallone shark character in a oh, Suicide Squad. But he was he's in the video game coming up with that. Yeah, yeah he's King Shark yeah. in that. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I mean it's it's tough. You don't want to see anybody lose their job, but there are a lot of opportunities. Tucker, you know, guy who haven't we we haven't seen him forever. Uh, he tweeted out, you know, what was it, Freedom Baby or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he so, said he's got some he's got some stories to tell, and Mickey James tweeted out. It was a very uh, appreciative uh, tweet. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's as you mentioned, it's it's difficult when you see people lose their jobs. Um, just wish the best for everybody who was released today, and hopefully, uh, they find greater success outside of WB than they did within it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, speaking of uh, uh, success, 
Holy crap, didn't see this happening. Apparently, AEW, uh, unopposed, can now get some of the best ratings in history, at least their history. AEW scored its second highest ratings ever yesterday, bringing over 1.2 million overall viewers, garnering a .44 in the all-important 18-49 to 49 demo. Second. Second, second place. Second. For that's on cable television. That's absolutely phenomenal. It'll be very interesting to see what the breakdown is like. What was the big draw here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because I thought it was, I thought it was, it was a great show. Um, it was really, really but it was, well. But done it was it was a really good show. But on paper, like going through the the you know when they announced the the card or you go through the preview, it's like okay, this looks like it could be a good show. But there's not apart from Tyson there, there wasn't like a huge grab something that would grab you know a, a viewer who may not you know, normally watch AEW. So this is simply a thing where, you know, uh, apparently up to 50% or a 50% increase roughly of AEW's audience were choosing to watch NXT on Wednesday nights. But now that they're both run a post course, NXT's ratings were up there around 800,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested to see if, you know, going forward for, you know, with a larger sample size, if these numbers hold, uh, you know, if, if it was really, a situation where there was that many viewers who were just choosing one show or the other, obviously. And then, you know, now they're on different nights. Don't have to make that choice anymore. I always figured that there was like, I mean, I think anecdotally during the few weeks, months ago that they were unopposed, it seemed like there was around hundred to 150,000 people who would actually choose one or the other. And that they would get that boost if they were unopposed. What were they at last week? Like 800,000. Less than that, they were. It was around seven hundred. Jeez. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. For to see AEW's if it holds. around eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, to get yeah. a fifty percent boost is something else. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, there was also a pretty fantastic. We did a watch along for NXT UK this week. Well, uh, you want to talk about this WrestleMania thing? Oh, I'm sorry. I scrolled Real right quick. past that. Yeah, yeah. You did. So. You're too excited about NXT UK. I know it's your favorite thing. Yogurt. Uh, but uh, so uh, yesterday, Variety wrote an extensive rundown of what a massive success that WrestleMania 37 was, especially in terms of its social media numbers. Um, and today, WrestleVotes is offered a glimpse of how the show was received backstage, reporting, quote, now that the weekend is behind us, nearly everyone I've spoke to regarding WrestleMania had positive things to say. Aside from the weather, everything went smooth. The two-day event was viewed as a success, but plans still remain for one single night next year in Dallas. Um, during the commercial, uh, uh, f- they they ran on, um, <laughs> uh, they ran during WrestleMania this year for next year's WrestleMania. There was no date, even though I know they announced the date already. So maybe they're keeping their options open. Samoa Joe uh, just responded. Apparently, uh, Paps Blue Ribbon uh, had a tweet about an hour ago. Said we signed Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe responded. Said no snitching. Trying to work out this ninety days. So. I really want to see what Paps Blue Ribbon, like a wrestling league for Paps for PBR would be. Very watered down wrestling league. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Old Ironsides downtown. They got yeah. PBR on tap for like two dollars. It's great. I know. I know. Uh, uh, we'll get to these. <laughs> We're doing this live, so we got a bunch of gifted subs here. We'll get to those in a bit. Uh, let's talk about NXT UK here, man. There you go. Uh, opened up with well, number one. We did a watch along. This is the first time that you and I have done this together as a watch along since we were back in the office like ages ago. That's not true. We just did one last week. Well, for Prelude, that was a bit different. That was like regular TV. 
what did you think of uh, of NXT UK TV uh, now that it's been about like a year and a half since we've done that? Um, I feel like they've done uh, more to uh, make the 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 undercard more interesting because I always felt like the thing about NXT UK in the past was I kind of felt like the main event by and large was the only match that really mattered, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know they they have to fill out an hour show, so they just have a bunch of other stuff that I was never really invested in. Mm-hmm. It's filled out. They've they filled it with like some pretty some pretty great characters. Uh, it's to me, it's just, it's just a really fun single hour of wrestling in a landscape filled with two and three hour shows. Give me your best in 60 minutes or in the case of UK, usually it's like 64, 67 minutes. Yeah. Efficiency and storytelling. That's what I appreciate. Exactly. Exactly. Give me good matches and efficient storytelling. And that's generally a recipe to make Larson happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, kicked off with Saxon Huxley versus, uh, Ben Carter, AKA Nathan. Oh my gosh. Maz420 just dropped a ton of gifted subs. We'll get to oh, those in a bit. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, versus Nathan Fraser, a.k.a. Ben Carter. Uh, uh, Fraser ended up going over the frog splash. He's racking up these wins, man. He's climbing he the U.K. rankings, Larson. He is. I don't think they do that, but he is, yes. Uh, after that, we had a uh, Noam Dar, Shaw Samuels interview. Uh, Shaw does most of the talking early. Talks about uh, Noam, uh, his work ethic. And Dar says, I got some friends in high places. I got us a tag match against Mustache Mountain. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. After that, we had Supernova Sessions with the guest Gallus. Uh, of course, Gallus come in. Noam Dar usually has this gimmick where his guest tries to sit on the plush couch, and he's like, no, 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 you got to sit in that crap chair that I got you. He's not going to do that with Gallus. He tried to, but so they sat on the couch, and he was like, yeah, you guys need to get out of there. They're like, no, 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 this is where we're going to sit. This is very comfortable. Uh, so he asked them about, you know, where their place is right now in UK. And, uh, he's, they say, you know, Hey, we're held to a higher standard than the rest of the division. And then my favorite Wayne makers, favorite Eddie Dennis walks in. He says, you not only you lost the titles because Joe got involved and then Joe coffee challenges Eddie to a match next week. He says, I'm not dressed for this now, but we'll throw next week. And Eddie says, yeah, I'm not dressed either for this. And, uh, but those guys are. And his crew of Tyson, T-Bone, and uh, Primate attack. So you have yeah. we had a little three-on-three dandy on the set of uh, Supernova Sessions. Of course, Noam Dar enjoying a breadstick during all this. Yeah, and as they fight, juice, it looked like as they fight, he said, uh, "Play that funky music." So yeah, so his job uh, was done. Yes. Uh, next, it was supposed to be a Sam Gradwell interview. It's outside. I guess this would be the Performance Center or where they shoot, they shoot the show, maybe BT Sports Studios. Uh, he doesn't want to talk right now. He's trying to get in. The door is locked. David Mastiff opens the door, uh, and, and he's like, David, let me in. And Mastiff's said, like, he said, David, why did it take you so long to open the door? And he's yeah. like, I'm not going to be talked to like that. So he closed and he it closed and locked the door it. and locked him back out. <laughs> and then he called him a yogurt. It's my favorite. After that, we had an interview with, uh, well, it wasn't really a promo, with uh, Mustache Mountain. They put over the BT Sports Studio saying, yeah, it looks lovely here. Uh, they've got a tag match against Darren Samuels next week. Tyler Bate clarified, he's like, right now I'm on a singles path to the Heritage Cup. But for one week, we're back as a team. They're very excited about that. And they, yes. they do their little mustache sign here. Uh-oh, what's going on outside? Uh, so I think they're doing some tree trimming in my neighborhood, so my apologies for the noise if it's noisy. 
Oh, I can't uh, hear anything. That's exciting. Next, Isla Dawn versus Amelia McKenzie. Uh, this is a really good match. Isla Dawn picks up the win after uh, maybe like a modest ref distraction. Uh, she hits Amelia with a head kick and then a bridging half-and-half half suplex to get the pin. Aren't we just allowed to continue to call her Millie? Okay. M- Millie McKenzie. just a great Millie name. McKenzie. And I'm pretty sure that Millie is just like, you know, the nickname for Amelia. So, yeah. Millie's great. Uh, yeah, great win for Isla Dawn. It's, you know, they seem to be sort of re-pushing her a little bit. Uh, she's gotten even further into the dark arts, but her, like, in-ring is a bit more MMA-based. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is a good win for her because they sort of mm-hmm. debuted Millie in a pretty big pretty big way a couple weeks ago. They did, they did. Uh, after that, we had a Ginny and Joseph Connors promo. Uh, I I didn't really catch much of this, uh, but Ginny, I'm imagining she said something about Piper Niven because she's, like, in this endless feud with Piper Niven, but I could be yeah. totally wrong about that. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, announced next week, Eddie Dennis versus Joe Coffey. Uh, we get a quick bit backstage with Mako Satamora. She walks up to Valkyrie, accepts her challenge. Well, she holds a feather and says, I know what this means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. The answer though. is yes. I mean, it's, I well, guess I think it's a it's challenge. Match. Challenge, it's a challenge yes, for yeah. match. Yes, yes. She, exactly what if what Valkyrie is. was like, man, I wanted to join you guys in like a faction, but one of my feathers just fell off, and now you think I'm challenging well, you? Well, no, because she's very... Valkyrie very purposefully laid the feather down on the on the floor. Oh, I thought it just fell off. No, she plucked That'd it and laid finer. it down. Uh, after that, we had this was man. This might have been a match of the year candidate just for the outcome itself. Ashton Smith versus Jack Stars. Now I haven't looked up. Let me see if Jack Stars has a pro fight DB. But I know Jack Stars is. They thing. said it was his first one. They said they actually said that. Oh man. That's terrific. That's terrific. So, yeah, Star's got a win with a roll-up here. Of course, Piper Niven's been training him every single week, so maybe she has unlocked uh, the cheat code within Jack Star's. Oh, my gosh. A ton more gifted subs from Maz. Maz is going crazy here in the chat. Everybody. Wow. All right, we'll get, we'll get to him in a second. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, main event with Kenny Williams versus Amir Jordan. Uh, we were just waiting for Kenny to try to cheat to get the win. Uh, he does towards the end. He tries to untie the turnbuckle cover. The ref goes over and stops him, so he goes to the next turnbuckle over, tries to do the same. Amir Jordan rolls him up, gets a two count. Um, the ref's standing in the corner, and then Jordan kind of pushes Kenny towards that corner. Uh, Kenny goes for the low blow, the backwards kick, into the front area. Jordan, ah, he anticipates, avoids it, hits a super kick. That gets him a two count. But when Kenny was in the other corner, he kind of lowered the middle turnbuckle cover so the, the turnbuckle is kind of exposed. He rams Jordan's uh, head into it, follows with his finisher to get the W. This was kind of this was an interesting way of doing the turnbuckle spot. Apparently, you don't have to take the entire turnbuckle off to expose Just it. Pull it Just down a little bit. Yank it down, and then you've got exposed right there. Put Amir Jordan's head into it and just lift it back up, and there's no evidence of any sort of of cheating. Exactly. I mean, who's to say that is actually cheating anyways? It's just, it's just you're just moving a turnbuckle. Yeah. Anyways, that seemed perfectly legal to me. Uh, also perfectly legal, us co-streaming Impact Wrestling on our Twitch channel tonight. For now, nice. it is. 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, for now, it is. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8, 8 Eastern. We'll be joined by uh, really the glue of going in raw, the man that holds this whole operation together, and that's the enforcer, Stevie Bradley. Absolutely. He should feel extra motivated today. He got his payout, so he's probably feeling pretty good. I know I'm feeling pretty good because he sent me back my trio's title and along with a family size pack of uh, Oreos. I'll tell you what, that trio's shelf. title is on loan. I anticipate getting that back at Rebellion. You can keep the Oreos. Call though. it I'm by its of... proper name, please. 
Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Upcoming Impact Wrestling (laughs) pay-per-view. Speaking of upcoming Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, Kenny Omega and Rich Swan are having a press conference talking about upcoming Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. We're going to have Jazz's retirement ceremony tonight. Oh, is that going to be like ruined by a... Is that like going to be made a mockery of? I would think so. I would think so. Uh, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona are involved in something called Pick Your Poison. I thought you were about to say Brian Myers and Matt Cardona just raided us. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Uh, pick your poison. Okay, that's cool. The The blurb about it was kind of unclear what it was. Anyways, the one match announced TJP versus Josh, Josh Alexander. Oh, that's going to be a good one. That's cool. It should be a good match. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Impact Wrestling streams are always a lot of fun. So mm-hmm, hang mm-hmm. out with us on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.